67 of Effectively Wild, the daily podcast from Baseball Prospectus, presented by our Patreon supporters and the Play Index at BaseballReference.com. I'm Ben Lindbergh of 538, joined by Sam Miller of Baseball Prospectus. Hello. Howdy. Do you have anything you wish to discuss? No. Okay. Well, my colleague at 538, Neil Payne, just published a piece on Harper and Trout, and I can no longer resist okay. the temptation. Is that to today? Talk. Today Is that the whole thing? This is not banter, but this is the no, thing? That's the thing. All right. All right. So there have been uh, a few articles about Trout and Harper lately. And just to be clear, I, I don't know why it is that we need to weigh one of these guys against the other every so often. It's wonderful that they both exist. It's possibly unprecedented that there are two incredible, historically great players playing in the same time at different leagues and doing it in different ways and both being entertaining in their own way. So it's great for baseball, great for baseball fans that we have both Bryce Harper and Mike Trout. And I don't know why we need to establish which one is better at any one time, but the temptation to do so is very strong. I feel the pull. It is. I think it is. I'm not sure why I don't feel that temptation. I often do feel such temptations. Uh-huh. Uh, and so, may, I don't know, maybe I'm telegraphing that I'm just going to be a complete drag on <laughs> this entire episode. Uh-huh. Uh, but maybe you can explain to me why. I, I, and, and maybe, I, I don't know, maybe I have to think about why. Because I, I, I want to debate such things constantly. Yeah. So we have debated this very thing. Yeah. So, so I don't know why. I wonder if it's just too difficult. Or uh-huh. you know what you know what I think it is. Here's what I think it is, Ben. Yeah. I think that this is what we're really doing is we're re-answering the question that we asked ourselves, that we asked each other, that was asked of us four years ago, and we're we're not really asking a new question. We're we're asking that one over and over again, which was right. you know who would you take? But the answer has changed yeah but, <laughs> multiple, but multiple times perhaps yeah i i i think that what i'm saying though is that we're in too deep now 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 it's simply i feel like at, at this point you sort of just have to wait 10 years it's more it's uh-huh. going to be more fun to look back and to see which was right than it is to keep re-asking every few weeks uh-huh. if that makes sense well it's it's premature. It's, it will always be premature unless it becomes very clear at some point that one has taken a big lead over the other. We will talk about it today and not have a conclusive answer. And maybe we'll talk about it later this season and not have a conclusive answer. And maybe that will be true for the next few seasons. So in a sense, it seems unnecessary to keep relitigating this before we have a way to determine a really final answer. But most of the things we talk about are equally unnecessary. Yeah. So, um, I, and I, I'm still sort of struggling with my reticence. I feel like if if it were if suddenly the whole baseball universe was talking about who's better, uh, Manny Machado or Chris Bryant or something like that, it'd be like, oh, good question, interesting. And if nobody had ever asked Bryce, it's not even that I'm I'm not even I, I'm not fatigued of the question. I feel like we're trying to restart a race that is four years in uh-huh. and that I don't mind co- sort of constantly revisiting that question four years ago. I don't like restarting the race, though, if that makes sense. Yeah. Well, it's sort of the Cindergard question that we talked about yesterday with, with right now, that qualifier. Like Clayton Kershaw has been the best player in baseball, 
best pitcher in baseball for years and is still perhaps the best, but Noah Syndergaard looks like he might have surpassed him at this instant, perhaps, or at least it's worth discussing. And you can kind of do that with Harper and Trout, too. I mean, Trout has built up more of a, a head start, so obviously he has accomplished more, but you can kind of just pick any one moment as a snapshot and say who is the best yeah. right now, who is going to be the best going forward. Right. I don't know whether it just feels like splitting hairs to you because they're both so great. That, that might be the it point? too. Right. It might be it might be that. It might be that I I don't have a Yeah, I mean I want to be clear that I there's no reason not to ask this question. It it's yeah. a, I, I'm trying I'm struggling with my very subjective response to you bringing it up again and wondering why I specifically am not enthused with this. Uh-huh. I don't I, I, cuz I feel like I, sh- I should be. Uh, but there's that's no reason that everybody else shouldn't be. I'm not I'm not saying it's not a worthwhile question. Yeah, I'm, well, I'm saying why don't I like tomatoes? I oughta. Other people uh-huh. like them. Why don't I? Uh, and that's a boring thing to talk about. Me, <laughs> me and my tomato <laughs> taste. So let's get past me. <laughs> well, so it has been a fascinating question over the past few years because the answer has changed a few times. In that Harper was a phenom before anyone had really heard of Mike Trout before Mike Trout was on the radar with the Sports Illustrated cover as a teenager and all of that. And then Trout came out of nowhere to blow Harper away for a while. And this guy who had not been famous, who had not been drafted early even, suddenly became clearly the best player in baseball and clearly better than Bryce Harper for a couple of years. And then suddenly Harper fulfilled all of his potential Almost immediately, just almost all at once, he got better at everything and became a a superstar. And Trout was still a superstar. So even then, it wasn't totally clear who was better and who who wasn't. But I think it's fascinating because they have jockeyed for position in that way. If they had both been really great for a few years, then it almost wouldn't be worth talking about. But because they have changed position a couple times there's the potential for them to change position again now and i think what people are picking up on obviously is that over the past season plus or over the past calendar year or however you want to set that since the beginning of 2015 Bryce Harper has been better probably within the margin of error of better if you use some sort of wins above replacement stat has certainly been a better hitter and the start to his season has been as impressive as his last season, maybe more impressive in some ways, whereas Trout has had a slow start. I wouldn't read much into that, but it does seem as if Harper has perhaps turned a corner after his corner turn of last season, and he has kind of reached the point. I mean, we made Barry Bonds comparisons last year. We pointed out that he had the best offensive season since Barry Bonds, which was true, but I think even more so this season, he has reached the point where Every plate appearance is just almost worth changing the channel to see, or he kind of has this feeling of inevitability when he comes up. Like a week ago, you and I were intending to do a podcast about the winless Braves and Twins, and we were going to do it when they were both 0-8 and and the scheduling didn't work out, so we pushed it a day, and I sort of rooted against the Twins and the Braves that day. That's kind of what you do as a writer slash podcaster you root for your story to work out sometimes so i kind of hope they would both be undefeated for one more day so that we could do that podcast 
and the Braves took an early lead in that game, and then Harper came up with bases loaded, and it was almost like at that moment before the at-bat even unfolded, I was supremely confident that the Braves were going to lose that game because Harper just seemed so unstoppable at that point. And of course, he hit a grand slam. So I think maybe my favorite Bryce Harper stats of this season so far, A, he is out-homering his his strikeout total. So he's he's doing a DiMaggio, basically, which is incredibly hard to do in this era of strikeouts. And he's also walking much more than he's striking out. And, you know, it's 14 games, it's 60 plate appearances. It's a hot streak. It's not necessarily his new level, but it's impressive to sustain it even for half a month. And there's the fact that his BABIP is in the 230s. Partly that's because every ball he's hit hard has left the ballpark just about. And those are not considered balls in play. But still, like, maybe he's even gotten a little bit unlucky. Like, if you if you adjust his numbers upward in that respect, they'd be even more otherworldly. And he has seemed to continue to improve in ways that he was improving last year, but just getting extremely selective, just not swinging at anything outside the strike zone, not missing anything inside the strike zone. And he really just sort of kind of conveys that he has no weakness right now, at least as a hitter. You said that it's a hot streak. Uh, In fact, uh, he has, I mean, it it is, I guess, maybe, but he has a 12.53 OPS. Uh And from Turner, uh, the the corner turned weekend until the end of the season last year, which was 125 games, he had an 11.64 OPS. So you're really talking about like one, if you remove one homer, then his OPS would be lower this year than it was in the final five months of last year. Uh-huh. So it's actually not that hot a streak. It's, it's one fly ball. Uh-huh. Okay. So the approach that a couple people have taken, including Neil at 538 and Dave Cameron at Fangraphs earlier this week, is to look at projections because projection systems are always reevaluating. Every day they are reevaluating based on the most recent performance and Going by projection systems, which are taking years of data into account, Trout is still ahead, but not by a lot, and already by a lot less than he was at the beginning of this season. Such has been the disparity between those two players' starts. And I think even based on the projections, maybe not Pakoda, because Pakoda maybe is even less subject to, to small sample fluctuations, but I think based on the other projection systems, Harper is now projected to be a better hitter than Trout. Would you go along with that? Would you go along with Harper as the best hitter in baseball? Probably. Uh-huh. I, I would say that uh, given a uh, given a uh, a ballot, I would vote for Harper. Uh-huh. I, okay. I don't – if you're asking my confidence level in that, if you just put those two head-to-head, I'd guess like maybe I'd go like 64% to Harper. Uh-huh. And then 36% uh-huh. to Trout, something like that. Okay. And to be clear, I don't think Trout has affected my opinion of him at all this season, not even 1%. I think Harper has probably even improved my opinion of him or my expectations for him with his start to the season. But Trout's slow start, and I, I think he got three hits yesterday, so it looks a little less bad right now. But nothing he's done has affected my opinion of him whatsoever. I know that. Mark Simon wrote something earlier this week at ESPN about how he's 
having trouble hitting off-speed pitches and maybe had some trouble with those pitches last year. When a player is struggling, you can always find something they are struggling to do, usually. It just kind of then pushes the, the question can down the road instead of why is Trout struggling? It's why is Trout struggling to hit off-speed pitches? And that doesn't really have an answer. And I think he has shown multiple times that he doesn't really have a weakness either. And that when it appears that he has a weakness for a while, he will fix that weakness. And so I'm not really worried in any way about this being his new Achilles heel or, you know, him prematurely aging or any of his high-level work being behind him. I don't think there's really any serious reason to worry about that. Mm -hmm. Do you disagree? No, I don't disagree at all. Yeah. I mean, there was the time when it seemed like hitting high fastballs was something Mike Trout couldn't do, and then the season ended, and then he worked on hitting high fastballs, and then suddenly was amazing at it the next season. I don't know whether gearing up for those pitches has affected his ability to hit slower pitches, slower in the zone or something. But I basically will uh, always expect Mike Trout to adjust to any adjustment that the league makes against him. So I'm I'm revising my opinion. I, by the way, I uh-huh. think that I was trying to be thoughtful about it. But yes, Harper. I would say Harper is the better hitter, and uh, right now, and my confidence in that is higher than I I said. Okay. So then, what implication does that have for your? outlook for the two in that hitting seems to be the thing that we can measure most accurately or that we can project most accurately and maybe you have a better handle on a guy's long-term aging as a hitter than you do as as a base runner or as a fielder so does the fact that so you are not pronouncing Harper the better player but does the fact that you are pronouncing him the better hitter affect which one you would pick, say, if you were to choose between the two starting today? It's such a, I mean, it's not as though Harper's a poor fielder or a poor base runner either. Yeah. Uh, Although, um, you know, less, less with each year. But let me, before I get to that, let me just bring up a few, a few other factors that maybe I think about. Okay. One is that the first year when Trout came up and he was, um, he was the best player in baseball, should have won the MVP award in his rookie season. And Harper was very good, but, you know, roughly half as good by by wins above replacement. But he was a year younger than Trout. And so Trout was the better player. But based on their place in history for their age, we did an episode, in fact, on which was more impressive. I don't think most people, including me most days, really considered the applicability of that. We just assumed, well, Trout is better. Uh, right now. And Mm -hmm. to some degree, the degree to which the amount by which Trout has been better has been uh, somewhat illusory because Trout has has always had uh, the extra year of, you know, development and also physical development. Um, And so at this point, now that we're talking about them as being, you know, comparable and maybe maybe better, maybe Trout is better, maybe Harper is better, we're going to decide that but comparable but trout does still have the extra year does that come into play at all for you does the fact that harper is a year younger and that uh in the standard aging curve for most ball players that is a variable that you would consider uh, does it apply to in your mind either of these guys right now do you mean in terms of picking one from today on or in terms of judging how impressive each one's 
performance right now is or, or I think performance those are, to date is? Yeah, I think those are the same question. Okay. I, I mean, the fact that Harper is peaking right now or seems to be at his peak thus far at age 23, whereas Trout seems to have possibly peaked earlier and has had a couple still excellent, still league-leading, but down from his first couple full seasons seasons uh, in the last two years, that makes me more likely to, to pick Harper, probably. I think that's a—maybe you answered a different—maybe you answered my question. Maybe you answered a slightly different one. I guess I, what I'm asking is, do you project any growth for either of them at this point? I think I don't for Trout. Okay. Just because... You don't think he's got a 56 home run age 27 season in him? That certainly wouldn't shock me. I mean, he wasn't expected to be a 40 homer guy um, ever, probably. Certainly not so early on. So, no, it wouldn't shock me if he continued to morph and morphed into that type of player eventually. I don't know whether he would be a better player, though, by that point. A better hitter, possibly, but... Seems like that would maybe go hand in hand with him getting bigger and bulkier and slower and that that might affect what position he plays or how well he plays it. Yeah, but uh, he could be, he could, I mean, he was as good a hitter as Miguel Cabrera, uh, you know, at 21 Uh and also a great fielder and a great base runner. You take away the fielding and the base running and that hurts his value, but it's conceivable that he can be a much, you know, if he continues to grow and develop and follow the standard aging curve, it's possible that he could be a much better hitter than Miguel Cabrera, which is about the most incredible thing you could say about a player. <laughs> like, yeah. it's possible that we're talking about a guy who's got a offensive upside that, just based on his age, and what he's done in his early 20s, and that he's still only 24, it is conceivable that we're talking about a guy who could develop into an even better hitter than Harper is now, right? It's conceivable, yeah. It's conceivable. I, that there's nothing about the statistical uh, record that he's put down so far that rules that out. But looking well, at him... I mean, he yeah. hasn't shown really any offensive improvement since he turned into Mike Trout. I mean, his last four seasons right. have been almost identical in their level of production. Yeah. Different different shape of production but there's no you trajectory know. you can't hang, yeah. you can't hang your hat on the trajectory right but you can you do know that he's going to grow three more years but I, I i'm i'm saying that just looking at his record you could you leave open the possibility but watching trout it doesn't feel like that's happening like it, yeah it doesn't it, like he was so big and was so strong that's why trout was so great is that mm-hmm. he was one of those very rare players who was precocious in his strength and so it's not clear i mean the aging curve is to to a large degree i think based on the idea that players aren't that strong hitters aren't that strong when they're 21 it's not like a pitching where you might be your ligament might be at its physical peak at 21 for hitters you're usually not that strong you have to develop that particularly lower body strength and all that and so trout was an outlier in that regard and that seems to be one of the reasons he was able to be so good so fast it, mm-hmm. Trout is a great hitter. He, you know, he is a great hitter. He has great hitting technique, but mm-hmm. he's not, that's not exactly, like, it doesn't jump out at you in quite the same way that, like, that's not what you would say about Trout. You would have, yeah. you would say it was the tools. He had the tools. Yeah, the thing that made him 
as exciting in 2012 as Bryce Harper is right now is that he did everything uh-huh. as well as anyone did. So, all right. So, ju- so uh, you are then saying that you would, if I told you one of them got much better over the next three years, you would pick Harper and not necessarily because of the age, but because of the whole package. Is that? I think so. Just, yeah, if anything, just because of the recent trajectory and maybe it's wrong to extrapolate from that. Well, let's but... talk about the trajectory. Okay. Because you're right. One's one's line is flat. The other's mm-hmm. is going straight up. Yes. And yet, if you look at the last three years, including this year, which is only 15 games, so basically two years plus two weeks, Trout is the better hitter. Trout has the higher OPS plus than uh-huh. Harper over the last two years and two weeks. And so you're betting on trajectory instead of the the overall sample and we normally know that to be the wrong thing to do we normally right. know that trajectory is false and mm-hmm. and regression is is what drives the game and rejection or regression is what drives projections and t- in order to bet on the trajectory you have to have a reason and yeah. so with like chris davis there were you know there were lots of articles written about the changes he made. Or with Jose Bautista, there were lots of articles. Or Josh Donaldson, lots of articles. And with lots of guys who, who ended up not being good good players, who's, who did regress instead of following the trajectory. There were also lots of articles about what they changed. With Harper, it doesn't really feel like we have an explanation for what changed. We're mostly saying, well, this confirms what we always knew about him. Right. Yeah. There have been a ton of articles about what changed, but not necessarily why, why? it changed. It's right. not as if there's a... A new swing or something, really. He didn't get LASIK. Right. Uh And so there's not an easy reason to know why he turned the corner. We accept the corner turned because he's Bryce Harper and we have an idea about what Bryce Harper is. And I think that – I think it's possible that that is uh, very good logic and that that is why Harper is the better bet. And it's probably what I believe. Um, Uh I thought that – I well, I'll get it. But – uh, I also think it's possible that it's a total fallacy and that we are just falling for, you know, all the all the same logical fallacies that we always do uh-huh. and that we don't actually like it's it might be hard to justify this to a uh, review board. Yeah. Okay. Right. A projection system doesn't doesn't buy it yet. Exactly. And third thing is but before I get to the do you have a, a any hypothesis for or for why Harper turned the corner? Maybe partly health. Yeah. I mean, that was the thing that seemed to be holding him back in his early seasons. He was hurting himself often, uh-huh. and that seemed to be a product of his playing style and his aggressiveness. And I don't know, maybe his uh, prefrontal cortex developed a little bit when he went from being a teenager to not being a teenager, and suddenly he decided to play a little bit more conservatively, and that helped him stay healthy. And And maybe if we could you know retroactively erase that wrist injury and the knee injury and the collision with the wall and all of that and the surgeries that he had and we could restore a healthy harper for those early seasons then maybe the leap that he appeared to make last season would not appear to be as big i think that's the best explanation it's not it's not totally convincing to me it's not really that convincing to me because i know that he was very often hurt he was very often dealing with injuries that would affect his swing but but I don't think that A, you could say 100% of the time he was, and B, just in a general matter, it, he just, it, it wasn't as loud as it is now. There's just something about when he comes up that you look at and see that is 
like undeniable it's visible immediately and i i I don't know i Mm -hmm. feel like it would have been more visible like if it were if it were a matter of inconsistently inconsistency like he was having a month like this but then a month where he was bad then i would it'd be easier to sort of uh partition out the uh healthy days and the unhealthy days but Uh this is just this is constant this is a an unceasing greatness that just didn't quite show through in the same way so yeah. Uh, although at times yeah, the changes opinion, that he has made it it's not purely that he is just like hitting the ball harder or something it is it seems to be that his approach has really evolved yes. in some ways He's, his approach has really 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 evolved i mean to go yeah. from 104 strikeouts and 38 walks in a half season to 131 strikeouts and 124 walks it, that's two different players that is yeah uh-huh. that's an approach thing right and he's you know he's pulled the ball much more he's hit the ball in the air much more it seems like he has done a lot of things that yes. really separate him from the player he was yes um third thing is i wonder how much you're affected you're influenced by the fact that uh, mike trout is has been just as good in roughly speaking just as good in each of his four years but less compelling to watch uh uh-huh. not as fun to watch frankly he yep. is he's just as good a ball player just as valuable a ball player but the thing that made him seem unique the thing that made him special unstoppable invincible was the you know uh, the basically the way that his speed was tied into everything he did uh-huh. and that he was he was the fastest big baseball player since Bo Jackson. And so you could turn on any Angels game at any time and just watch for whatever Mike Trout was doing on screen uh, because you'd never seen that. And uh, so that is going down. Meanwhile, Harper's thing is getting bigger. It's like the thing that you watch Harper for is to see that swing connect, to see him take this incredibly violent swing and to uh, marry this strength of swing with an unbelievable ability to find the ball with his bat. And so every day that Harper is good, we like watching him play more. And every day that Trout is good, we kind of like watching him less. And uh, so is it possible that that is affecting your assessment of how valuable they are instead of simply letting that affect which decisions you make when you choose what game to, to watch? I would say it actually has made Trout slightly less valuable. Would you? I think. Even, so I, you I don't think the that. war? You don't think the wars are are accurate? Well, they are, right? I mean, his nine, 10, wars nine, have 10. been lower the well, last couple of years than the they warps, were his first two years. The warps have gone nine ten nine ten. Uh huh. So those have not. I don't know. Uh-huh. Uh, let's see. I have a uh, reference might be different. References eleven nine eight nine four. So uh-huh. rookie well, yeah, year. Yeah, I mean, it's that first year. I think was just the best mm-hmm. I, maybe some defensive systems are overrating how good he was at defense that year and maybe that's why but it does seem i mean he is essentially the same level of hitter maybe a, a tiny bit better than he was that year but but about the same and that year he was you know stealing 49 bases and probably better at defense so i don't think it's too i don't know it seems Pretty likely to me that he was a better player at that point than he is now, but not by much and and not enough to, to matter all that much in this discussion, probably. But but yeah, I mean, that might be part of it. Harper is just more fun, more exciting right now. And partly that's just because this happened last year and is happening right now, whereas Trout 
is not getting better and is just the same old Trout. And I guess we can get bored even of Mike Trout, who's, you know, the best. And, you know, another factor that might be unfairly perhaps influencing my opinion is that Harper has clearly established himself as the more compelling personality. As intrigued as we are by Trout's Twitter punctuation and as endearing, as genuinely endearing as his weather fixation is, he's still not particularly outspoken, not particularly quotable, whereas Harper is very much both of those things and has the sort of superstar persona to match the superstar performance, which obviously doesn't make him better at baseball, but he's certainly more marketable, certainly in the headlines more often, and maybe that flashier personality affects how we perceive him as a player. Those are my three points, and um, I, those are the three points that I were, was using to pivot away from your question, and I forget what your question was. Well, one question was, is Harper a better hitter? You said yes. You are not willing to pronounce him the better player, I assume? Oh, I... <laughs> I... Today? For what time span? This season. I just... I remember uh, when I was... I think I've mentioned this before, but I remember in June of 2012, mid-June 2012. So Harper was up and he was hitting. Trout was up and he was going crazy. Like June was really when he became Mike Trout and uh-huh. I had just begun it was like like the day before I had accepted this assignment to follow Trout for the summer and write a 10,000 word article about his rookie season for ESPN the magazine and my aunt who knew Bryce Harper as a young man uh, not knew him but watched him play through travel ball the travel ball circuit asked me who was better who was going to be better? And I, the answer was supposed to be Trout, because at that point, Trout was already maybe the best player in baseball, and I was about to write about him. And I said, it was Harper. And I just don't want to have to keep on <laughs> re-answering the question. I said it was Harper. Uh-huh. So I just want to, like, let it be, and we'll see. I'm right or I'm wrong. I don't want to have, I don't know, We, we t- you and I both have to make enough statements about baseball that we end up on on both sides of many issues over yeah. time. Uh-huh. And that's totally unsatisfying. Yeah. I, I also don't want to be the guy who's like, well, I picked, I, you know, I picked the Padres <laughs> in, in April and I'm sticking with them. Like, yeah. I, you know, I, I don't want to do that. I don't want to, you know, like be unable to change. And so I, so the, I'm not saying Harper because I think Harper and I, I'm saying Harper because I don't want to answer. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I don't. I'm I'm happy that Harper is a superhero. I'm really happy that that happened. Yeah, that we me all too. got to enjoy that because there are plenty of phenoms who turn into depressing stories or disappointing stories, and it would have been very very easy for him to be the next, you know, Drew Henson or Brian Taylor or whatever, and just you know get hurt or something go wrong off the field or just turn into a very good player, but not the best player. And it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool that the best player in the world at age 15 has turned into the best player in the world at age 23. Yeah. I mean, it's uh, it's kind of impressive that he was identified that early. Yeah. As great as his talent was, it, it's really sort of impressive that people could pick up on it accurately at that point. Yeah, Sullivan had a tweet in uh, at the, before the 2013 season, I think, when Trout had just done this incredible thing. 
and he tweeted something like, you know, baseball, to, you know, baseball would be more interesting if Trout sucked now. And because, you know, like it does the mystery of baseball of why sure things fail, of why great players become horrible, of how you could have a situation where Barry Zito was simultaneously the highest paid pitcher in baseball and literally the worst that you could have that situation is insane. Uh-huh. And it makes it's what makes baseball fun to analyze. It is also the case that the exact opposite is true. The idea of, yes, being able to identify a kid at 15 and to be right 10 years later is also incredibly satisfying. There's prospecting would not be fun if there wasn't a great deal of prophecy to it. And it would also not be fun if it weren't so easy to miss so badly. And uh, so I, yeah, I mean, the, the two things I love about baseball, I think more than anything, are uh, how great the greatest players can be, how much better Barry Bonds can be or Pedro Martinez can be, and also how unexpectedly, uh, you know, Mark Burley or Brandon Beachy or, you know, somebody who was nothing can turn into something really great. Mm-hmm. Kind of wish you were still a catcher, though. Harper, yeah. <laughs> Imagine if he were still a catcher. <laughs> yeah. If he were still a catcher and had had last season, I, I mean, I, we could figure out exactly what he would have been worth, I guess. But that truly would have been <laughs> like a Barry Bonds or maybe better than Barry Bonds season. And, you know, if he were still a catcher, maybe he'd get hurt and maybe he wouldn't have developed as a hitter as well. And maybe he wouldn't be in the lineup as often and maybe he'd be a terrible catcher. So all of those things are probably good reasons that he switched positions when he did. But it would be kind of cool if he were this good and a catcher. <laughs> but he's good enough as it is. I don't want to begrudge Harper, his right field position. Mm-hmm. All right. So I didn't expect to come to any kind of conclusive answer. I agree with you that he is the best hitter in baseball. I think I would go so far as to say that... Here it is. Here it is. Uh, I'm just saying things <laughs> would be a lot more interesting if Mike Trout wound up terrible. <laughs> it was I, My time is wrong, though. It was actually when he was called up. Uh, it was uh, his first week in the majors. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah, I I guess I I think it's uh more interesting that he became as good as he did Me too. and wasn't recognized as that. It's nice that we have we're talking about two players who, you know, one was pinpointed as the potential best player in baseball as early as it's possible to be identified as such and the other very shortly before he became the best player in baseball was not recognized as such by every smart evaluator just about so I like that they have different backstories. Some people um, are probably finding it odd that I mentioned Brandon Beachy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I Early on at BP, I wrote an article about Beachy as an undrafted free agent and how he uh, was found and how he was overlooked and what it means for the game that he could turn into something. So that's why Beachy. But you you could say Albert Pujols if, mm-hmm. if you want it. Get I the clicks. Th- yeah. I do think that the way in which Harper has changed makes me more likely to believe the change than, say, a projection system would be. And I mean, I guess projection systems do break things down into components to some extent. So they'll, you know, look at strikeout rate and power and walk rate and all of that. It's not just one number. But they don't, I don't think, go deeper than that currently. They don't look at, say, you know, batted ball rates, or maybe some of them do, but they don't look at like pull rate or, you know, O-swing rate or something like that. So to me, I think just 
the number of fronts that he has improved on makes me more likely to think that we should believe the recent performance more so than we would for a a typical player who just sort of got incrementally better at the same things he was already good at. Just the the sweeping nature of the changes makes me more likely to think that we can draw a line between pre-2015 and post-2015 Harper. I don't know that that is true. You'd have to do a, a study of some sort to determine whether that's true, but I am thinking of it that way. And so because of that, I think I am more, I think if I had to choose, I would pick Harper over Trout for the remainder of 2016, at least, across the board, not just offense. I would not say that he will finish with the better career. Going forward or including? Well, definitely not including. Going forward is tough. I believe, I believe that Harper has the better outlook through his prime years and that Trout has the better decline projection. Interesting. And so I will say that uh, I will say that Trout wins the career battle based on what he's already done and what he will do after 32, uh, and that Harper is going to win five of the next six MVP awards. Uh huh. Any particular reason why you think Trout would age more gracefully? I don't think that swings age well. Uh huh. <laughs> That's why. <laughs> okay. So just that he has a a broader spectrum of skills, maybe. Yeah. Okay. All right. This concludes uh, yet another entertaining but inconclusive Harper Trout discussion. Go uh, and continue to enjoy and marvel at both of them. You can support the podcast on Patreon. Today's shout-outs to Patreon supporters go to Patrick Morris, Eric Smiley, Dominic Rivers, Randy Stearns, and Matthew Yeo. Thank you. As you surely know by now, you can buy our book, The Only Rule Is It Has to Work, which comes out on May 3rd. It's the story of how Sam and I took over an independent league team, the Sonoma Stompers, last summer. There's some good stat stuff in there for those of you who like stats. There's some good interpersonal stuff in there for people who prefer a less stat-based story. I hope there's something in there for everyone, and I hope that you will pre-order it on Amazon or Barnes & Noble or at your local bookstore. You can also pre-order the audiobook or buy an autographed copy of the book from the Sonoma Stompers website at stompersbaseball.com. You can email us your questions and comments at podcast at baseballperspectus.com or by messaging us through Patreon. You can also rate and review and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, which helps us recruit new listeners. Finally, you can get the discounted price of $30 on a one-year subscription to the Play Index by going to baseballreference.com and using the coupon code DP. We'll be back with another show tomorrow. First you say you do, and then you don't.